ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Hashtag Anime Talk. My name is Lennon Burden. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Chris SJE. Chris, this is episode 55. How are you doing, my brother? Man, I'm doing wonderful, man. I got a bunch of good news this week. It's a, it's a beautiful week right now. I am excited to hear some of that news you got, because I know you got a project dropping. Just real quick, up top, tell the people what's, what's, what's going on. Yeah, man, I'm about to, um, I got like a little, I got a project dropping later on in the year called uh, Saining Jump, you know what I'm saying? And I got a prequel to that, kind of like a prelude to that coming out uh, July 3rd, you know what I'm saying? The first single dropping next week, so I'm really excited about that. I feel like this, like the little, the, uh, it's going to be called Weeb Guy versus Annie Twitter. Okay. It's kind of like a Weeb Guy Deluxe, you know how everybody been doing the Deluxe editions? I'm just not adding my whole album with it. It's going to be like a hot little seven tracks, just like a little quick something to hold people over until everything else drops. But it's, okay. it's a solid little little six, seven song pack. You know what I'm saying? I'm excited. Uh, aren't we getting a little snippet at the end that everybody should stick around for? Yes, sir, man. I don't know if y'all um if y'all are familiar with one of the one of the anime rap goats, one of the one of the YouTube goats, but I got my boy Shofu. He does a lot of Pokemon shit on YouTube. He does a lot of ciphers on YouTube. Um he, he's got a big following. We we got our uh we got a song on that on the project and uh it's dropping next week, a week before the the full project drops, y'all get a single with uh, my bro Shofu. I'm really excited for that because we kind of, we, we kind of went, we went crazy on this one. You know what I'm saying? It's a Pokemon sampled beat, but um, from one of the movies, but uh, the bars are just so diverse as far as the anime we went, we went in on. Hell yeah. Well, I'm excited to hear that. Like I said, ladies and gentlemen, if you, if you, if you want to check out some fire, fire anime rap stick, tell the end and hear the snippet of Chris's new song. You won't be let down because my guy's been putting out heat lately, and I'm excited. But this week, we got a special guest, Krista. So we've had Overhaul. We've had, we had, Shout out to uh, Kellen Golf. We had Doc from Radiant. Shout out to my guy, Sean Gann. We've had fucking Jigen from Lupin the Third. Rich, Mr. Rich, the legendary Richard Ebcar. Yes, sir. And they asked us, they said, how are you guys going to, you know, top that? And I was like, well, I don't know, man. It's all up to God. You know, God, God's going to he's gonna lead me in the right direction. The universe is going to show me where we go. And funny enough, the universe did show me where we were going to go. We have today very special guest. You may know him as The Voice. I'm going to start off with some of his, and, and this is no disrespect to him because he's so iconic, but his lesser known characters. And th- this will just show you how iconic he is. Capone Beige from One Piece. If you saw One Piece Stampede, he's Capone Beige. We also, uh, if you've seen um, something called Street Fighter, he's Ryu, the main key, the main guy from Street Ooh. Fighter. And I love the Street Fighter and the video anime. games. Just look, my guy. He's also the voice of Aizen from Bleach, Ooh. Escanor from Seven Deadly Sins. Ooh. But you may know him as the voice of Gohan from Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Super, all the way up GT, the, all the way up to the, the gamut. He's, he's done Gohan since he stopped being teen Gohan. The moment he went to high school is this guy. We have the legendary, the legendary. I got to say, I, gotta, I, gotta, I, I just got to, I got to let it be known. The legendary. Because I'm, I'm just ecstatic that this, this, this the guy decided to join us. He's also from Louisiana, which I didn't know. And I thought I was pronouncing his name wrong, but he was like, nah, you're actually doing it right because I'm from Lake Charles. And that kind of blew my mind because I didn't know that before. But we have the legendary Kyle Abair on the podcast today. I thought it was Herbert the whole time, Chris, I'm doing the interview and I'm just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I hope I'm not saying, <laughs> I hope my Louisiana is just not showing. And at the end, he was just like, nah, bro, 
you're one of the few that that got it right. I was like, oh, swag. So, but that's coming up a little bit later in the show. Really excited that Kyle came on. We got a little bit of news to get to, to get through uh, real quick. So, Chris, I know you're excited because something that you have been clamoring for since the start of this show. We always talk about anime that need to come back that could get a redo or a rebuff to, to, to go into this new climate to maybe expand where they stopped before or to give more seasons or just to finish out the manga run. We've, we've mentioned things like Gangster. We've mentioned things like Blood Lad, Soul Eater. But the one that you have always mentioned is Shaman King. Well, your hopes are answered and prayers are answered. Shaman King's getting an anime, brother. Yes, sir. How, how do you like feel the, about this? That was the most surprising news I probably could have gotten last week. Uh, was not expecting that at all. I think that came out like the day after we recorded the last episode, I want to say, or something yeah. like that. It was like literally, right after. The, literally right after we dropped. So I was just like, oh, great, nice. <laughs> but th- the crazy part is, bro, like there was no, you know how... There was no we whispers. Heard about, we, heard, we, we heard about like Fire Punch. We heard about... Everything. Act Age. We heard about... uh. Your your shit eating zero. We heard about everything. And that's we, way we, before we get the trailers. We got yeah. this trailer before. It was kind of a teaser trailer, you know what I'm saying? But they let us know what time it was before the, the, the news leaked. They was like, man, we're not about to let people spoil this for us. We about to we about to get these YouTube views with this with this trailer. And they did the they did the thing. I look, I'm excited for this. I you when you were champion Shaman King, I read a little bit of the manga. And then I just was, I paced myself with certain manga that are, I, I have no intentions of watching an anime because they don't come out. So if they don't come out, then I'm just, I take my time with it. But because it's coming out, then I might have to, you know, maybe read a little more Shaman King or just wait for the anime to come because I am excited. This is going to be good for those classic early 2000s, 90s kids who watch Shaman King. This is something yes. dope. And as well as it's a different power set. It's not necessarily demons they kind of do this this shaman indian magic thing and i and i dig that yeah i fuck with it i've been i've been telling a lot of people about it lately because um nobody in like a lot of the younger people really don't know what time it is with shaman king like it was one of the shows that i've seen when i was uh, a kid it used to play on fox uh fox kids you know what i'm saying like the same the same station as digimon you feel me yeah. so unless you were peeping out for that like unless you you was specifically looking for it you might have missed it because I know for sure I had a subscription to Shonen Jump in middle school, and um, I had I was already kind of a fan of Shonen uh, of Shaman King by the time I saw the anime, and a lot of people who wasn't really onto Shonen Jump were probably just checking for the Yu Gi Oh, the Dragon Balls, and they might have missed the Shaman King. But I will say I've been telling everybody about it lately, and I've been telling them to read the manga instead of watching the anime because you don't want to you don't want to fuck up the anime experience for the new anime. I feel like the new Thanks. anime is gonna do it way better because when I watch the the old school anime, it's not saying it's kitty, but it kind of has like a uh, it, it's catered towards more of a a, a child friendly kind of audience. So I'm, I'm ready for a more um, adult adaptation or a more you know mature adaptation for this. I'm not saying it's crazy. It's more crazy. of a, sh- a staying true to the to the manga. Exactly. I want to see this full manga get adapted. I want to see the the graphics be a one. I want to see my favorite characters come back. Like I'm I'm hella excited for this, and I hope I hope it hits hard when it drops and the world really gets on it. Because Simon King is one of those underappreciated anime manga that I feel like deserve more credit, and uh, hopefully it gets that credit now. No, one hundred percent. I'm ex- like I said, I'm super super excited for this. All right, the the final three news things. We just got some dates, some updates, updated dates for you guys. So Fire Force premieres July 3rd. God of High School premieres July 6th. And that's perfect because with 
and I know this sucks for everybody who's listening to this on Monday. If you're an anime talk uh, connoisseur and someone who comes here week to week, you know we always review the shows that are that are that are going on right now. And we only have one episode of Glipnir and one episode of Tower of God, and they both finish this week. So we're gonna do something special. Then the following week we'll just have a final episode review and talk about the season that will drop. But these two will be on the docket for as soon as Glipnir and uh, Tower of God end. We got Fire Force July 3rd, God of High School July 6th. And Chris God of High School is getting a dub just like Tower of God did. So I know yeah, yeah. that excites you. Uh, also on July 9th, the second part of No Guns Life is coming out. So we have the date for that. As well as my one of the shows I was really excited for, Millionaire Detective. We finally get a date for it. July 30th. It's coming out. Chris, how do you feel about these shows, these dates and everything? Are you excited to get get this new bag? Like, July's going to be killer for anime right now. Man, it's, I, I was not expecting Fire Force to come back that fast and for the announcement to be that close to the drop. I feel like we just got the announcement for season two, like, last week. And boom, we're getting episode one or episode one of season two, um, July 3rd. Like you know week, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that's, that's wild. No, it, it, that is crazy. Was not expecting that. But, I mean, look, Fire Force... It came out during a year of Demon Slayer, Promised Neverland, uh, Vinland Saga. It came out in a packed Doctor Stone in a very packed year. Not saying that it it underperformed. It just it was one of those that like yeah people people on Annie Twitter talked about it, but it wasn't talked about like the others that I named. And I think they were like they know they have a hit, and I think they know that the stuff the first season that they released was good, but now that people know the story. This is where it gets, this is where it turns the, the dial up and we get the gas. So I'm not mad at them waiting. Might as well keep the momentum. Plus it's a year, uh, this was supposed to be a down year. So if you're in a down year and you know you got your gas, might as well keep that momentum going and let's add some gasoline to that fire. For real, for real. So I'm excited for Fire Force, God of High School, July 6th, July 3rd. I'm excited for uh, God of High School too. Yeah, it's, it looks so good. Like, as more and more they release it, it's just like, damn, this looks good. And especially... Is, oh, no, go ahead. This is like a heavy anticipated one for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Because this is like, in terms of manhwa or, or just uh, webtoons, it's this Tower of God and Solo Leveling. Those are the three that are just like the ones I see most talked about. Facts. So hopefully we get Solo Leveling soon, but Tower of God was great. And I, and I know... for And look, if you love Dragon Ball Z and you're an older fan, trust when I say God of High School will give you this nostalgic tournament vibes, but have a little bit more gravitas in the storytelling department. Mm-hmm. So, look, ladies and gentlemen, we're in for a treat come July, but that's all the news we have today. There, we have, We're not answering any fan questions today. There's no questions submitted. We don't have any topics to discuss because of the interview. So with that being said, let's get into the interview with Mr. Kyle Abe. All right, Anime Talk Faithful, we are joined by a very special guest. Some of you may know him as the voice of Gohan from Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Super, Adult Gohan. Some of you may know him as the voice of Kiba from uh, Naruto Shippuden. Some of you may know him as the villainous Sosuke Aizen from Bleach. We are joined by the very very special guest, Mr. Kyle Bear. Kyle, how are you doing today? Oh, doing A-OK. It's great to be here. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you for coming along. Well, I guess my first question would have to be, what got you into voice acting and 
just give us a little bit about your story, getting into the business and getting to becoming one of these one of these iconic voice actors that the anime community regards. Well, I, I definitely view my uh, my job as like the coolest. I've, I've been very, very blessed to to be in this industry for the past 20 years. And um, I come from it from a radio background. I was working as a DJ uh, in the mid, well, yeah, 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 early 2000s. So I'm around August of 2000. I went in uh, as a DJ with Radio Disney, uh, kids radio format, obviously. Uh, but uh, I was in Dallas at the time, heard about uh, Funimation auditions for DBZ, and um, I went in and I got lucky two weeks after the audition, I had read for bit parts. I'd read for Gohan. I'd, I forget who all I read for. But Chris Abbott called me and says, hey, we, we like your audition. We want to bring you in on some stuff. And it's like, ooh, OK. And it, it was it was so amazing to get that call uh, because it meant two things. I was getting to work on something I was already a fan of because it's been airing in the States since 95. And the first two seasons were airing over and over again from the Canadian English version. And, um, and then in 99, it moved to Funimation in Texas. And, uh, I came along right after that, uh, right towards the end of the cell saga, I was doing bit part voices and the Bardock special and, and all that. And after a couple of months of recording small stuff and they could see that I could take direction, I could do the lip sync thing and, and act and be nice and show up on time and be professional and, uh, be what they needed. Uh, they said, congrats, you're our teen Gohan. So uh, I took over the role of the character uh, as soon as he starts going to high school. And I've been that way ever since. I've been able to portray Gohan in multiple games and multiple episodes and multiple series now. And it has opened up the door for so many things. Uh, and I've been in Los Angeles since 2005 and having DBZ on my resume as well as Full, Al Full Metal Alchemist and stuff. Um, meeting people in the industry like Steve Bloom uh, helped open doors so I could uh, also get in with Studiopolis and be a part of the Naruto dub and Bleach and uh, other great things through Bang Zoom, such as Gurren Lagann, New Generation Pictures with Street Fighter. Um, oh, man, it's just uh, it's a gift that keeps on giving. You know, I got into this ever since I was a little kid watching cartoons uh, Looney Tunes in particular and hearing that one person voiced all those characters back then, Mel Blanc. And, uh, that is my sole inspiration ever since I was little to, to follow this, this dream of, of being able to entertain behind a mic. That was, that was my love of being a DJ as well. So I grew up shy kid who wanted to entertain and, um, I didn't want people to necessarily look at me. So it's like, all right, well, I don't want to do on camera, even though I have since done a little bit of on camera with college and indie projects and things like that. But I, my, I feel that my soul calling was, uh, was to do voiceover and it's what I, it's everything I wanted it to be and more. And I've, I've been able to cobble together a, a, a really, a really great career. And I've met wonderful people. I've gotten to travel the world because of what I do. Uh, meet the fans around the world. Social media is now such a huge thing. So we're able to connect that way too. And um, yeah, and now in the, 
in the days of this wacky pandemic, we're all uh, we're all recording projects from home nowadays. So yeah, <laughs> watch society literally get turned topsy turvy, and 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 it's like oh, we're in a we're in a historic time. You know, the good stuff, the bad stuff, the weird stuff. It's it's crazy. Yeah, it's all happening right now. <clears throat> and it's funny because hearing you on all the different shows are, are completely different. You you really embody the characters. But talking to you as you, the person, I being that I'm in radio right now and I, I hear the radio in you and I and I love it. And it's just it's really fun talking to you right now. I want to ask you, what was it like getting because I'll, I'll ask you the difference between Eisen and Gohan in a little bit later, but what was it like getting Gohan and being one of these iconic characters and just meeting the fan base and, and being enveloped by DBZ, which some could say is the anime that, in, at least in the West, that birthed this entire fandom which we see today? Yeah, it's, uh, it's really kind of hard to put into words because, like I was saying, getting to be on that show that I was already a fan of and getting to unlock uh, and, and go down this new career path because of that and being cast as such an iconic character in an iconic franchise. Like your Goku's like, son, like that, like that, yeah. that's, that's as high as it, you know what I mean? As iconic as it gets. Yeah. Yeah. Short of being Goku, I guess, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Vegeta or, or whatnot. But I mean, absolutely. This is, this is, uh, it's really hard to put into words. I, I'm so genuinely touched to get to, uh, to go around the world to conventions. Not now so much, obviously, but <laughs> up until this year, uh, I've been able to, to travel literally around the world in, in places like England and Australia, New Zealand and Ireland and Canada and in, oh man, all across the United States to meet people from all different walks of life, different generations of fans too. I've, I, I've, uh, would would encounter some of the same people over time and they would just grow up. It's like they were they were in high school back then and now they have families of their own and they're they're introducing them to the shows. And it's like, wow, this is multi-generational and, and it's so cool. And it's so flattering too that you hear that what you're doing is having a positive effect on people, whether it's entertaining them or making a difference in their life because entertainment is therapy. Uh, yeah. It can help people through depression and help people kind of get through hard life circumstances, uh, whether it's health related or uh, just life circumstance. And, you know, maybe you're dealing with uh, some major depression or, or mental health issues and or, or being bullied or, or whatever. And it's something I didn't anticipate going in. I knew it would be fun. But could it be important, too? And could it actually touch people in, in a positive way? So it would, it would mean so much more than than fulfilling a, a, an artistic or creative endeavor on my part. No, 100. And I think that's something that I've heard from a lot of voice actors is the stuff that comes after, the stuff that getting to help people, which which really matters. And, and you're, you're no different. And I love hearing that from you, uh, hearing that. And uh, I want to ask you, being... As an artistic uh, side of things, being that we've seen Gohan go through the gamut of just character growth in the sense of he was in, coming into high school, becoming great Sandman, then going to be 
uh, Ultimate Gohan when he's fighting Boo later and Deboer and all of that stuff, and he's and he's going through it. And then we see you go into GT. He he becomes a family man, and then out of GT back to Super in the in the new canon, we see him being this family man. But as we get to the Tournament of Power, it's like okay, now we're getting some of these classic Gohan vibes from that uh boo saga that we see how has it been artistically the the growth in development of gohan well he's definitely a a three-dimensional character and i love that he has multiple facets to him he's he's innately good and and a great team player and he's smart and he's a great father and a great husband and at uh on top of all that, he's a great warrior. He's a great fighter. And I think with Super, it's great to see that uh, they didn't forget his importance, his his role in all this. I mean, I mean, I, of course, wish that he would have taken down Boo and shown that he was like, you know, the strongest thing, the element of in the universe back then. But um, I'm OK with with seeing the. Uh, the the gradual progression of his character and seeing the uh, the insanity of the great Saiyan or or <laughs> the 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 well grounded you know bookworm yeah nerd and all that but you know he's still he's still strong he can still bring it when when he's he's called upon and I'm really hopeful for the future that wherever they go with this Dragon Ball franchise that that Gohan has got nowhere else to go but up. No, 100%. And I think you said it best how he's a three-dimensional character. He, he shows you he's a good father. He shows you he's a student and study and uh and kind of, I don't want to say nerd, but just a student and very studious. And then as well as such a great warrior. Now, how was the transition from doing that to a role like Sosuke Eisen, who's just evil incarnate? I think any actor will tell you that they love playing parts that are especially the polar opposite of who they are as people. So it's like, all right, I want to play a villain. This will be great. And, you know, my approach to that, that character was, was definitely different, but um, I was inspired by this, this sort of neutral, mysterious, friendly sounding computer voice from a classic science fiction movie, 2001, a space odyssey, where it's like, I'm oh. sorry, Dave, I can't do that. And when I read the audition script about, uh, uh, it didn't say Eisen was the villain of the series or anything. It's a, it just talked about him being mysterious, but friendly and supportive, but you weren't quite sure what was behind those eyes. And so that reminded me of that character in that movie. So I was kind of channeling this very soothing, calm voice but, you know, in that movie, he ends up just cutting off the life support of these astronauts on board the ship. And like, he's just acting like nothing's wrong. It's like, let's play chess. Why don't we do that? I'm like, you know, whoa, <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's there's no human feeling underneath this. After all, under the, the strange illusion that he is warm and empathetic. So, yeah, absolutely. It's it's. Uh, another another iconic franchise, another huge one with the fans uh, and still continues to be. So I'm particularly excited that uh, they're going to go ahead and animate that that final arc. And yeah! I really y'all get to y'all are coming back. Well, I hope so. I don't see why we wouldn't, but uh, I have not been approached yet. Uh, so I don't know if they're if they're even planning to license it. I hope they do. It makes perfect sense to license it in English and to call everyone back to it. And I know that if I'm asked to, I will I will be all over that. Absolutely. That, that would be absolutely amazing. Hope. Uh, 
hopefully that happens. And I and like you said, I don't see any reason why it shouldn't. And there's a, a beautiful panel in there, at least from the manga of of Eisen sitting on his throne. And I would love to love to see that see that happen in uh in the thousand year blood war arc. But you've like you've been in so many iconic franchises. We could go down the list to being in Naruto, not necessarily in the forefront, but Kiba has his place. Kiba is is part of the team with Hanada and Shino. Not not necessarily my guy's team, not Team 7, but a place among the friend group and one of Naruto's closest friends. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he's got this, this feral, wild nature about him, but... Uh, you know, vocally, the quality is 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 right on par with Gohan. I mean, I have one teenage voice, so it's like, and I said, "Let's go, Akamaru. You want to see a Super Saiyan?" You know, like they're they're really the same voice in terms of quality, but uh, it's a totally different type of character. Um, and obviously, he's he's got this 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 side to him that's all about, hey, "Come on, Naruto, you're not going to do this." You know, he's got this competitive side to him, and obviously, a strong relationship with Akamaru that you see and uh you know when he's a puppy and then he's this full-grown lion beast of a thing and <laughs> and now you know he occasionally still shows up in Boruto too it's like hey I'm yeah. still alive he's rocking the soul patch and <laughs> he's looking like a fly adult no I like the soul patch 100 percent yeah how was it being from these series and transitioning to I'm not gonna say deeper but um, a little more darker elements of story with things like full metal alchemist as well as your role as moro and hunter hunter especially being in the chimera ant arc mm -hmm. um well again it, it's it's always great as an actor to get to play a wide variety of characters and, and no one wants to be pigeonholed as like oh i'm always the hero or i'm always the villain you want to play a little of both uh if you can if the casting people have faith in you and uh, you've shown that you've got that variety in you and that range and everything that hopefully the opportunities will, will happen. And I've been very blessed that they have. I, I played a wide variety of characters and I actually play more smaller, unnamed characters than anything else. I like to say that I die for a living because so many of the bit part characters are just unnamed things that die in the background of city destructions and alien invasions and in random shootings and uh ninjas getting picked off and, and all that so i play a little of everything and even monsters i've done some some grunts and growls as demons and all these different things so uh yeah um i love the fact that that we got to uh, work on full metal alchemist after playing something as unique as dragon ball and yu yu Hakusho and doing something really dark like blue gender all this before full metal and then Full Metal having this this impact where the story is so good, it, it transcends the art form. Yeah, You can actually kind of hook friends or family members are like, oh, I don't watch anime. I don't want to watch anime. It's like, no, you want to watch this one. You know, yeah. I, I like to say FMA and Cowboy Bebop are the two ones that you can guarantee a positive response from people who don't watch anime. I agree with you 100%. Those, those are two that just stand out and transcend the genre 100%. Uh, yeah. just, to, just to switch gears a little bit, you've like I said, you've played a, an array of iconic characters, and none being more so iconic than the Street Fighter himself, Ryu. Yeah, yeah, and, and that goes uh, to par with uh, working with the 
living in Los Angeles and networking with people from that studio, uh, Jonathan Klein, the head of it. New Generation Pictures, also known as the ones that uh, they did the Helsing dub, Helsing Ultimate. Uh, they put out lots of shows over the years, and I've been uh, very fortunate to be a, a part of a lot of those shows and a lot of games coming out of there. And uh, getting to read for Street Fighter back in, golly, 2008, maybe 2007, I guess, when we were recording, and then it, it hit a year later. So that was a big secret to sit on. You know, we always have yeah. to sign these NDAs, non-disclosure agreements. It's like you can't talk about it until it's out or without express permission from the client. So Capcom, I mean, I knew exactly what I was reading for as soon as I got to the session or got to the studio to read. And they said, just pick whoever you want to read for. And they all had code names. It's like. I don't remember exactly who had what name, but I was like, like it would show a picture of Ryu and then next to it, it's like, his name is Frank or something. You know, it's like they did, <laughs> they're so protective of the brand. And it's like, oh, okay, well, I know what this is because I visually remember, you know, losing a lot of quarters back in the arcade days and uh, button mashing and not remembering combos to save my life. But I knew it's like, oh. I definitely want to read for Ryu, and I read for Ken and M. Bison and E. Honda, and I went ahead and, and read for El Fuerte because he was a new character back then. It's like, oh, man. So, but, but the mentality is that you do the audition, you do the best you can, and then you divorce yourself from it. You put it out of your mind because nine times out of ten, or maybe one or two times out of a hundred, you actually get called in. You actually book the gig. So we are in the job the voice acting job is to audition is, is to pretend we have yeah. the job. And then if you make it, then that's icing on the cake. But, um, you view every audition opportunity, uh, gratefully in saying, Hey, at least I'm being heard. At least the person hearing this audition, hopefully they'll like what I did enough to continue to call me in on future projects to at least audition. So, but, uh, yeah, getting, getting the Ryu on, and that was directed by Talison Jaffe, who directed that game. He was the voice of Blanca. And I didn't even know I landed the role of Ryu until he, we were at a con together and he says, congrats, you got the man. I go, what, what are you talking about? I'm like, oh, you didn't know? <laughs> like, <laughs> no, funny. what, what? He's <laughs> like, you got Ryu, dude. <laughs> what? <laughs> That that's a special moment. I want I want to ask you because of I don't know if you can talk much about this, but because he was in Stampede, I must ask. Being that we're coming up to Totland pretty soon in the dub, the dub is is moving along. It, it it's they I've seen things about how they're working on it again. I don't know if you can say much, but you you play one of the supernovas in Capone Beige, inspired by Al Capone. How is 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 getting that role and then joining another iconic series like One Piece? Well, luckily, I've been a part of uh, One Piece, I guess, since the, like the second or third season, the eighth movie. I got King Cobra. and Oh, uh, yeah, from Alabasta. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I voiced some various other bit parts through the years. And then I got Capone by the time I was already living in, uh, in, in Los Angeles. And he didn't have a huge part, but he is recurring. And they told me, it's like, oh, this guy doesn't go away. He, he's going to come back. And talking to the fans at cons over the years. Cause I, I honestly, I'll be honest here. I haven't seen any one piece and it, it looks daunting to start because there's what, how many episodes now? How many Nine, zeros? 900 plus. Oh my God. I don't think I could ever finish that. I mean, I just turned 51. So it's like, uh, I don't think I have enough life left in me to, to begin to view that. But uh, yeah, it's like, wow. Okay. This, this guy has a bigger role than I thought. Maybe not as much screen time, 
but yeah, he's, he's a ton of fun to be a part of. I was glad to, to be a part of, of stampede and, and, uh, wherever he goes in the future for sure. Yeah. You it's coming when big father and, and things like big mom, the fans out there know what, what, what's coming. So I'm, I'm excited to see what the future entails in terms of, in terms of Capone, but, uh, Ron, uh, Kyle, if you have any advice for any aspiring voice actors, what would that advice be? I think the key for anyone who has a dream or curiosity about any sort of career, take those baby steps, whether it's saving money to invest in classes and, and uh, you know, moving where the work is, uh, investing in equipment, because none of this comes fast or cheap or easy. You know, if you take the, the shortcuts, you're really hurting yourself. So even though technology is, is come to a point where, yeah, you can slap together a nice sounding demo on your own and make up pieces and all that. I would I would prefer people to, to think of that as practice. You know, you, you need to build the foundation of acting first. So take those classes and, you know, you're going to have to get over the jitters and butterflies and, and being shy and all that because you are basically in in a sense naked before the world making these acting choices and whatnot and you have to be cool with all right people are going to look at you people are going to listen to you and they're not going to judge you they're listening to your ability to bring that performance to life and once you you can uh get a grip to that and hone those skills then other things start falling in place um yeah you you can piecemeal things together by getting a nice little usb mic to start and practice and obviously do a lot of research watch things on youtube study performances that you like from your shows and games and and whatnot and see what sort of acting choices those people have made it's better to try and have it not work out than wonder what if because it's so many people uh, they, they live a life that, that isn't particularly fulfilling. It's just one that pays the bills and, uh, or maybe not, maybe, maybe it doesn't pay the bills or all it runs the gamut all the way up to the, the super rich who make six figures a year or more, but they're miserable because they're not really doing what fires their soul. So if you have an interest in any sort of creative endeavor, endeavor, especially try it and you might, you might go in a completely different tangent and or a different direction as you go on your way. And if it doesn't work out for you, it's a great life experience. I think people will, will be able to walk away from anything that didn't work and say, you know what, I learned something about myself. And that is very positive because we're on this earth for one go around. We might as well do what we can to progress and to try and, and, and as be as, as pleasant as possible to enjoy something that doesn't seem like work. If you can get to that point where it's just second nature, like breathing, and you can make a living doing something you love, that is that is the goal right there. Hashtag goals. No, when I, that is some great advice. I got, now I got a couple of little quick questions I want to ask you before we get up out of here. What, what, in your opinion, do you feel was your most difficult role to do? I haven't really struggled with getting into the zone with characters because um, if you have a sense of improv and cold reading, you can make split decisions, last minute decisions on the fly. And that is a skill that we bring to every session and every audition. It's not necessarily improv as in you make up the dialogue is you make acting choices with the dialogue you're given and all that. And, um, Golly, I just had a brain fart. What was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> just your most difficult role, but we could we could move on. I want to ask you, what was your 
favorite role? If you have to choose one of your children, which which child would you choose? <laughs> oh, man, you can't just pick a, a child. But, oh, I can answer the other question re really quickly. It's not a particular role. It's a type of role. Anything that requires a lot of screaming, that's hard because mm. it, you can blow your voice out. And, you know, you're, you're human, you're, your voice is the tool of your trade. And if you damage it, you can't work. So you got to you got to work on breathing techniques and, and have things to help you through the session, like hot tea and honey and throat drops and throat spray and and, uh, you know, limit the time that you're recording with it. The clients will work with you on that. The director totally sympathizes with the fact that yelling and screaming is not easy on the vocal cords in terms You've of had to yell and scream a lot. Oh my God. Yeah. Dragon Ball Z is the boot camp for today. <laughs> yeah. It's like, are you used to screaming? Like, yes. Oh my God. I've held so many Saiyan yells in my head yeah. that I I've nearly like fainted. Others have, I've almost, I got really lightheaded. Like, Oh, why is the room spinning? Oh, but uh, in oh, terms man, of favorites, man. obviously, Obviously, Gohan is, is the start of their career, so it will always be special. That's the show that's near and dear to my heart, even before I got to be a part of it. Uh, Ryu, another iconic one that led to an opportunity for something on my bucket list was being a Disney movie. So yeah, with Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah, yeah, we got to be a part of it thanks to the the cameos. And uh, when that first, that trailer first dropped, it was you know months before the movie came out. And Jonathan Klein from New Generation reached out to someone he knew at Disney. And it's like, hey, hey, let the let the production team know that, you know, we noticed in the trailer there's Street Fighter characters. You know, they can have access to the, all the actors, all the voice actors, if there's if you want. And turns out they did. They they had a they had a cameo. I don't know what they were going to do originally voice wise, but um, they did reach out to me and Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken, and uh, they got Roger Craig Smith for Sonic and. Yeah, it was it was a dream come true, even though it is a cameo and it took less than five minutes to do. But, man, uh, it was wild. I, I live in Burbank and that's where the, the Disney head studios are, the main production animation building. So I got to go in there and I'm geeking out. And then the director's geeking out. And he's like, oh, my gosh, we got the voice of Ryu in here. It's like we're both <laughs> geek, geeking out and fanboying over each other and then doing the scene. And I had to re-record that cameo several times because they de they kept changing the line a little bit. And uh, the fourth time I went in to record a cameo, the director's like, "Wow, you're you're making bank on on <laughs> a cameo." It's like, "Hey, I got no problem with that. I got no I complaints. <laughs> I would have done that for free, but hey, a day session is roughly like a grand. So if I'm going to go in for five minutes and just go, sure you good. Like, all right, thanks, <laughs> thanks, Kyle. You can go home. Like, is that it? Do I have to go home? Can I stay longer? And then I, I see the finished product. And, and by the time the fourth time I was recording it, and it's like, oh, I'm seeing this before the world sees it. I'm so lucky. Even though there's no mouth flaps or lip sync because he's he's animated in like 16-bit style or whatever. It's still like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. And I'm on a soundstage where they did post-production for like Mary Poppins and all these other iconic Disney wow. films. Wow in this huge recording studio where they, where they, where they do the ADR, the looping, the, uh, the automated dialogue replacement. Um, so recordings for, for cartoons and live action stuff, uh, there on the Disney, um, studio lot. It's like, Oh, this is so cool. No, that, that sounds absolutely amazing. And the history you saw in that building and just seen throughout your career. The final question that we ask everybody in, in, you're no different. We have to ask you as well. 
if you were the writer, director, producer to the to the Kyle Abair movie, how would you like it to end? Mm. Uh, well, since my my goal is to get like a lead character on a cartoon series, um, and I love, I absolutely love and treasure and so grateful that I've done, gotten to have a career based on anime and video games. I haven't done a lot of cartoon work, but I would love to work alongside the the likes of Billy West and Rob Paulson and Maurice LaMarche and all these these great iconic cartoon folks um, that have been doing this for decades and I've watched their stuff and been inspired by them and everything. I would love to be in like a Disney or Nickelodeon series. Uh, a major movie? No, I'd never tossed my nose up at that. My gosh, that's the hardest nut to crack right there because they do the celebrity stunt casting with all the major studio releases. But, oh, I've seen other folks in the VO community who have done a lot of games, done a lot of anime, and now they're, they're, they're absolutely prospering. Folks that started from the DBZ dub, like Laura Bailey and Travis Willingham, it's like, man, they, they've worked on iconic Marvel shows and games and... Troy Baker also started with Funimation yeah. and he's like, oh man, he's, he's rock star status. So yeah, it, it's, it's not even like a, a, a point of, I want to voice something that already exists. I'm cool with just being known as the original voice of so-and-so the way Tom Kenny is associated with SpongeBob or something. I would love, I would love that. But at the end of the day, I am so blessed and I love that I've gotten to do what I do and anything that comes my way and is meant to be, I will take it because I, I, I'm living my dream. Well, Kyle, thank you so, so much for coming on the show and just giving us some of your time and, and answering these questions. And I, I really, really appreciate it in your answers as well as advice for, for people who want to get into the uh, voice acting community and get it as their profession. But tell the people where they can find you out on social media and, and tell them, yeah, just where they can find your stuff at. Yeah, I'm most active on Twitter and Instagram. So at Kyle A. Bear, that's on both. K-Y-L-E-H-E-B-E-R-T. That's spelt like Hebert, but it's pronounced A. Bear. It's a Louisiana French thing. And, I was so uh, happy that I got it right. I thought, you did. Oh, I, I was like, man, I, I, is this just my Louisiana showing and me saying it this way? Because if it's Herbert, I'll feel so silly at the end of it. Yep, yep. I was born in Lake Charles. And, uh, oh, awesome. I'm Lafayette. Oh, you're, you're the neighbor. That's cool. Yes. That's all. I did not know that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, I miss Cajun food. <laughs> like authentic. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. Would oh, you yeah. Would you say, being that you've, uh, I know we're, we're getting out of here, but now that I know this, I have to ask, being that you've traveled the world and tried so many different cuisines, where would you say Cajun food ranks up in, in the great cuisines of the world? Oh, I'm a little biased because I come from that, uh, that uh, that background so it's it's up there i think people like like people in the south in general always are they're proud of their barbecue but you come to louisiana you got to have cajun cuisine you got to have that authentic you got to have some boudin you got to have the gumbo yeah. and etouffee you gotta try all this stuff oh so good that is that is 100 amazing i'm glad we found this out at the end of the show thank you so much kyle for coming on the show and, and enjoy the rest of your day 
Thank you. Thank you all for listening to the podcast and coming and supporting pop culture, anime, games, multimedia in general. We love to be a part of it. We wouldn't get to have such a cool job without the fans. So thank you all and thank you. Want to thank Kyle for coming on the show, man. Super, super dope interview from his advice about voice acting to just his stories about Gohan and the differences in, in how he does roles. Super, super dope. Also dope to hear him coming from a radio background. That was very interesting. But Crystal, we got two episodes to review. Which one you want to start with? Ah, uh, we could either one. Either is 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 Dilla's choice. You know what I'm all right, all right. Let's start with Glipnir because, and, and that's no disrespect to Glipnir because I know when people when people see me do that, they're always like, "Oh, you don't you don't fuck with Glipnir." If I didn't fuck with Glipnir, we wouldn't we would not review it. But that the stuff going on with Tower God right now is just like that's a that's a finale type. Like we gotta talk about that at the end because like I have so many thoughts. And so much slander to come. Plus, this was kind of a this Glipnir episode was kind of a, a like a background episode. Like it was kind of dealing with the ramifications of like the last episode. So it was kind of a end of a kind of a, a end of an arc. And this is kind of like the prologue to the next arc. So I'm guessing they're gonna finish the season on a cliffhanger. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna lie, man. Both of these. Uh... Season finales didn't really well, feel it's not, like okay, season but wait, finales to me. They're not the they're not the season. We got one more episode left of both. Oh, of Glipnir? Yeah, of Glipnir and Tower of God. So are we getting 13 for Tower of God? Yeah, we got we got one more that, that's gonna oh. drop Wednesday. That's why I said we gotta do next week, we gotta do a special episode to close out the seasons of both of these. Okay, I thought I thought we had like I thought it was just 12 for um for Tower of God. Uh-uh, we got one more. I thought it was 12 too, and then someone on Twitter hit me like uh I think. Oh man, I'm blanking on your Twitter name, but thank you for letting me know. But yeah, so this this Glitnir episode 11, everyone returns to the town, but they must come to terms with what happened in the mountains of burning those people up. The 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 girl leader of the group who puts the 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 uh kind of the bondage on the neck, she didn't she didn't like that. She led them to this. Uh, both Isho who who made the plants and then the the fine homie are banging themselves up we don't really know what happened and then we just see the train lights and we assume they get on uh old girl is freaking out at school the girl that uh shuichi bonded with and claire's just like you know what normal day in the hood it's all good we live they were trying to kill us but like honestly i'm kind of with claire on this one because like are we sure those people weren't going to kill him? Like, they were. Like, that's the whole reason why they did all of that wasn't just to be evil people. It was to make sure they didn't die. Bro, they legit said they was coming for blood from one of the <laughs> yeah. one of the group members. They were like, you got to kill one of your group members or, you know what I'm saying? It's a wrap. Yeah. You know what I'm funny, saying? Or we'll kill them. True. And the funny thing is, they could have did that. It just gave them Ikuichi. And then... <laughs> Cause his ass is just dead, and they didn't That's give the a thing. fuck. <laughs> they did all that shit. They did all that shit to avoid one of their members getting killed, and one of their members still got killed. And they didn't care. They didn't. They're like, say bitch, you gonna take one of ours? We gonna take a few of yours too. Oh shit, that is hilarious. It would be Ikuichi. Uh, what was his name again? Ikuichi. Yeah, it's Ikuichi. <laughs> it would be Ikuichi to be the one to kill himself whenever they spared you. <laughs> like they literally spared you, dog. And you you threw yourself in the flames. You you literally drowned. You threw yourself in that water, drowned whenever you had a raft. You had a life jacket, a raft, and you still threw yourself he in that water. You didn't trust in the group. He, he was like, nah, I'm a snitch. <laughs> nah, I, I, was just, I, I literally just tweeted that earlier, bro. I tweeted, man, this is what a whack, like, this is a whack-ass dude. This is what he looks like. You know what I'm saying? If y'all don't know, you know what I'm saying? 
and everybody was hitting me up like, yeah, bro, he got what he deserved. And I'm like, bro, I'm glad I'm not the only one because he literally was the weakest link on the team. Oh, he sucks. Ikuichi's the worst. I was so happy when he died. And it's just, I just think it's funny that the cast kind of is just like, yeah, he, he's dead, whatever. Like, they were more concerned with Aku, or uh, I'm going to mess up his name, the dude from Shuichi School. They were more concerned about that guy than they were Ikuichi. Yeah, they moved on so fast, <laughs> rightfully so. But yeah, no, you're right, rightfully so. And then, so basically, the dude that was left from Madaka's group, that's the guy, the samurai guy, he comes to fight Shuichi. Shuichi's like, I'm not getting Claire involved. I'm going to whoop him. I'm going to kill him myself. We see a little backbone from Shuichi. But that was after he talked to the alien dude. And he was like, you know what? I'm not giving up my power. I'm going to end this. <laughs> and the alien dude was like, bro, you don't really know what you're talking about. But whatever. Do you. Yeah. And then we find out, wait, Shuichi really doesn't know what he's talking about. Because we get the backstory to the alien dude. took a li- to, to the alien dude and how this game started. And who it originated with, with the girl by the name of Nakama or, N- or uh, Nakuma. And it's her and her friend group that are in charge of finding these. Because it wasn't supposed to be this game that it is today. It was just them looking for these coins to help out uh, the alien guy. And we find out that Claire's sister and Shuichi were part of the OG group. Shuichi just don't have his memories. This, Nakom- this uh, Nakuma girl is now like this sole thing for this for this uh, edge lord that we see at the end of the episode, she's like his fighter. So it's like, yo, what's up with this guy? I don't know if Shuichi about to beat these two dudes, and this it's gonna fuck his head up when he finds out I was part of this part of the OG gang. And it's weird to see that uh, it was teased that uh, not Claire, Claire's sister, uh, she was a main force driving, you know, him to get his powers and everything. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, right? That was, no, not Claire. Uh, no, it's not. It's Claire's sister. Yeah, no, 100%. Elena, whatever her name is. Elena. Yeah, El- Eleanor, or whatever, yeah, Eleanor. whatever it is. So it was already weird being like, oh, like y'all already got like some kind of backstory together. And you, it, it's weird enough thinking that, you know, but you're expecting this now. You say like, okay, so there's something deeper between her and Shuichi. But I but expect now, this level of deep. Yeah, like now you see there's more, more chess pieces in play. You know what I'm saying? And it, it's definitely... It's definitely intriguing because, like how you said, this Edge Lord, bro, he looks like an intriguing character. And uh, he Hanoka or Hanuka, whatever her uh, whatever her name is, she seems like a very intriguing character too. Because they show you a little bit of prelude, they show you a little bit of her. You know what I'm saying? Like she was the first one to find the coins, and now like how she the spirit for this guy? Yeah, not, I don't know what happened with her and him, but I definitely need the backstory on that. I definitely need to see how you get from the flashback to the present time. Yeah, how does how does he get that messed up? And like, why did they take away Shuichi? Like, Shuichi has to be a part of why it got so messed up because he doesn't remember any of this. Facts. And yeah, no, it's just interesting. And it's like, dang, man, so we're not going to get this in season one. We're going to have to get this in season two, but we shall see how it goes. Crystal, what would you rate episode 11 of Glipnir one through five? Kind of for for in between fights for something right after we get past like a little major little arc or whatever not an arc but you know we get up past a major moment. This was good, um, not filler, but you know what I mean, like bridges in between the next action uh, scene. Yeah. So I definitely like this. I'll probably give it a four, uh, just just a solid four, maybe four, maybe four one, four two. I'm right there with you. I'm giving it a solid four. I'm between three nine and four one max. So I'm I'm right I'm right at a four. It was it was it was solid. Like I like you said, it was not really filler, but that that transitioning see, uh, episode. It was solid for that. The, the main thing that kind of I love from the episode, my favorite part was whenever um 
you know, homeboy who got missing from school, homeboy who went missing. Oh, uh, yeah, Abu, yeah. Abu, Abu Kawa or whatever. Yeah. Um, whenever uh, Shuichi was out there looking for him, he found homeboy from uh, Madoka's group, and he was like, man, you, kill, you killed my boy. Or did you kill my boy? You know what I'm saying? Like, what's up with that? And you thought he wasn't going to kill him because he was sitting there like, kill me, and he didn't kill him. And Claire called him, and he was sitting there like, man, he but thought he was about to get away. But see, I think he killed him because he knew that dude was going after Claire no matter what. Oh, yeah, period. But the thing is, I, I love seeing Shuichi get some nuts about himself and finally shoot somebody. Like, Facts. stop relying on Claire. I don't want to see Shuichi turn into this psychopath, and I don't think he's going down that road. But you got like to defend yourself. Yeah, I like to see that he doesn't necessarily need someone to control him. Because his whole thing was, this is my this is my uh, power. I turn into this this outfit like this mascot outfit so someone can get inside me and work me and do the things that I'm not capable of doing myself it's, it's nice to see him finally step up to the plate and now he's using his powers to do that shit himself and I, I like seeing I like seeing him stand up for himself I love seeing him and Claire now they, I feel like they're finally on equal footing now yeah no I'm with you on that All right, at least they're close they're they're uh Shuichi's getting to them to where they can be on equal equal footing but this new new because that edge lord is gonna tell him something. Like he's not gonna just let that slip. Like, oh yeah, we are gonna act like it's all good. You don't have your memories. No, I'm telling you something, Negro. You gonna you gonna know Shuichi that you were a part of our OG friend group, brother. <laughs> you gonna know what you did, and that's coming. But let's go from one messed up situation to one really fucked up situation. Gosh, I was hurt in this episode. Oh, my heart is broken. It is. Fuck Rachel for life, bro. Oh, yeah. Fuck like, Rachel I don't dang. care what happens in the next episode. She could jump in the water and save him. You're still a snake. You're it's irredeemable. St- yeah, no. She is so irredeemable. Bam did all of this to make sure you can climb the tower and you gonna push him? Nah, but that's putting the car before the horse. Let's Let's build up to that. Episode 12, all manner of thoughts and intentions intersect at the chaotic final testing ground while tossed about by a giant plot. Uh, the combatants boldly race across the battlefield as the test reaches each climax. What resolve will Bam show to Rachel? So before we get to the Bam and Rachel stuff, because that's the, that's the end, let's talk about seeing Yuri, Princess of Jihad, come through, save Anak, save uh, Endorsey. And she was just like, look, I'm not going to touch him. And then she gets her homie to come with the big mallet to just fuck that dude up. The whole Princess of Jihad and Dorsey, Yuri, Anak situation, that was all amazing. And it was dope seeing Chibisu in there like, yeah, I brought her. I brought Yuri with me. <laughs> Bro, that was that was kind of raw. Like, I was not expecting her to pull up. Pleasant surprise, though. They needed that, though, because, like, the director's skeezy ass was helping this dude do this. And Lero Rowe, it can't help because the director outranks Lero Rowe and uh, Quartz or Quants, whatever his name is. They can't do shit. So, like, the only person that could do something is Yuri. Facts. I love how she just pulled up and took the Black March. She's like, ah, mine. Yes, mine. Like, I'm not <laughs> tripping. <laughs> and Dorsey, don't even think about it. Like... We don't it makes them look so much less badass. Like, not so much less badass, but it makes her look so much more badass than yeah, them. But I mean, shit. Anak's not even a princess, and Endorsey got some shit up with her. We don't know what's up. Like, we don't know yet her backstory with the Jihad princesses stuff, but I feel like she's not in good standing either. Facts, bro. This shit, this is definitely a, a, a big plot twist, but it's... It's it's necessary. You know what I'm saying I'm, I'm looking to see. I'm looking forward to see what comes out of it. And it shows how much stronger a real princess of jihad is compared to endorsing Anna. Like Yuri is 
10 times. Like that, that little dude was whooping Anak and, and Endorsey's ass. Yuri Thanks. just was just flicking her finger and like she didn't even care, bro. It was just beat, beat, beat. We also see, uh, yo, what's up with Coon, bro? Was that his brother? Like, who I'm was that? I'm thinking that's his brother. Who was that? Like, this, this tell me this didn't give you Kilowa Illumi vibes. For sure. Like, that definitely set it up. That set up the Kilowa Illumi vibes super hard. Like, I was surprised to see that happen at the end. I was like, God damn it, bro. Coon has a family and he's, he's, uh, his family is with some weird shit, bro. Well, we already know his family not not really that that trustworthy and everything. And the girl he loved betrayed him, so he kind of left his family. I didn't but, think they was gonna pull up though, especially season one. And, but see, the thing is, that dude's an outcast too, though. From what he was saying, it's not like he's in good standing with like the rest of the family. Like he's like the black sheep. He's trying to recruit Coon to go with him. Man, I don't know what's going on with them. But I need to see their relationship more about it. Yeah, and I like that Hots was like. Nah, bro, you're not just about to just relax while we're still in battle. There's something going on. The fact that Hots knew that, it was just like, I love that Hots and Shibisu really care about Bam Coon, Bam and Coon. I don't know about Rack yet, but, you know. He gang, but it, it, he's not, I, I don't really, I'm not really as scared for him as I am everybody else. Yeah, no, Rack is strong. Rack can handle his own. And we see that with his spear stuff with Paracule, or, or is his name Parasol, whichever, whichever, whatever his name is. And ugly and, dude. Yeah, Rack was just killing those little goblins. And then uh, it, it turns out that the guy who's always asleep in Coon had a plan to let those pigs destroy the little goblins. So they got they got saved. Those are basically the two B and C plots of the of the uh, episode before we get to just fuck Rachel. So the little the little uh, agent of Jihad sent the uh, sent the bull to go attack. Bam and, and Rachel, and so the bulls come in, and everybody's like, oh, can Bam do it? And everybody's like, yeah, Bam can do it. We believe in him. Bam's getting his ass whooped, and all of a sudden, he takes his shinsu and just busts up the bull, and he's like, yeah, you see? I got strong for you, Rachel. I'm different. I got you. I'm going to take care Sip of us. We're going to climb the tower. Give me your hand. And as he gets his hand, the girl just pushes him, and the episode ends. Yo! Fuck Rachel for life, bro. Oh, yeah. Fuck Rachel. Gosh. I always hate Rachel, bro. Jesus. That was so hard. That was so disheartening at the end of the episode. But gosh, what a good episode. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. It, to me, it, it like a lot of stuff was going on, but it blew past really quickly. Uh, the, the most impactful moments to me is, you know, Coon's brother touching down. If, I, if, if that is his brother, uh, his relative touching down and the whole Rachel Bam, altogether, and you know, of course, the the uh... yeah. See, I, I think all three all three plot lines of this episode, unlike the last, well, see, part one was good, but see, I like part two better. I just think every plot line from the the princess plot line to the coon plot line, because I think which 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 suffered last episode was coon's plot line was kind of lackluster, like the whole rack hots that side was. But by putting the brother there, you instantly rank it up. You, you, we see a glimpse of Yuri's power, so that brings that side up. And then Bam busting the bull's ass, which which Anak and uh the uh and Dorsey couldn't do. This was this was a solid at least four point seven for me, four point eight. It was up there. I'll, I'll give it a good four point five. You know what I'm saying? But that was I really liked the end of it. How how Bam busts up the uh you know what I'm saying bull or whatever. Yeah, and then seeing. That I was not expecting that ending. You know what I'm saying? I kind of was, but I wasn't. I knew she was going to do some foul shit. But, ah, man, that ended so... 
it hurt. It hurt. It watching, hurt bad, you know man. Yeah. It's and like, I really. I got to know what happens in the next episode to see how my guy climbs the tower. Because, like, we know he's going to climb. They got over 400-something chapters of this. It's not just about to end off, bam. So I, we got to see what happens. But, yo, fuck Rachel, dog. Like, Jesus. Is she trying to do this to be a princess of jihad? Like, I don't know. Like, is she a princess? I don't know. See, I think I, she has to have some connection to jihad. Something it has. She got to be involved somehow with this whole hierarchy of of the princesses and everything. Some somehow, some fashion. And then, what was that girl that fought Bam earlier? The the Reaper girl with the red hair. Like they just showed her walking, and and Yuri's homie was like, "Yo, what's this uh, negotiator or whatever the special name for was doing here?" And they were like, "I don't know. <laughs> Is she not supposed to be here?" So so many people who weren't supposed to be there are just there. Yeah, that shit was that shit was thrown. So I don't know what she doing. Hopefully that hopefully she comes in next episode and just kicks Rachel's ass. Facts. <laughs> but man, Chris, that's all we got this week. Like I said, short week, but a solid week. We got we got a lot of good stuff, and we're gonna review these last episodes of uh Targod and Glipnir the, the following week. So instead of getting a top five or something, y'all will get this. Or y'all might get both. Just depends. Facts, facts. I'm I'm still hype off the damn Shaman King news. I feel like they just announced it yesterday. I've been talking about that shit every single day. Every time I run into somebody, oh, you like anime? Read Simon King. You know what I'm saying? So we got a good news. It's a short news week last week, but it was a heavy news week for me. No, but like you know you. what I'm saying? We didn't get a lot, but it was it was it was some heavy. Impactful. Hit. No, 100%. exactly. But Chris, tell the people they can find you out on social media. Follow your boy at Chris SJE on uh Twitter, Instagram, you know what I'm saying? SoundCloud, Chris Space SJE on uh Spotify and Apple Music, because like I said. New shit is dropping super soon. We've got versus anti Twitter. I know Twitter in the streets is waiting on this, waiting on this anime project leading into the Saini jump. So y'all stay tuned next week for the first single for that feature and show food. We about to tease y'all a little bit in a second, but y'all 100%. follow your boy and just keep up with what I got going on. Cause we got, this is just the beginning. Like I've been quiet for the past couple months, but it's really the calm before the storm. The whole Corona messed up our plans, going to all these cons and just moving around like we wanted to, but shit's opening back up and news is dropping and it, it's, it's time now. 100%. Well, y'all be sure to, like I said, stick around to the end of the episode for the snippet of Chris's new single. You can follow me at LimbWT, follow Bros Who Think at Bros Who Think. No other episodes dropping this week. We're on vacation, so we'll be back next week. But check out all the past episodes, the most recent episode of the Bros Who Think podcast. If you're into movies and comics, the most recent episode of Bros Who Binge. But other than that, want to send a big thank you once again to Mr. Kyle Labor for coming on the show. But for Kyle, for Chris, and my name is Lyndon. You guys have a great week and weekend enjoy yourselves we'll talk to you next week like i said we're gonna give you all that the our final thoughts on the ending of tower god and glitter don't worry so you'll get that but until then peace hey hey look i be in my bag nigga young usa i be in my bag nigga i be moving in the stripes you never had toshinori i'm the man little nigga you can't clash with us match with us that link disappear when the rope break Pockets, big mom, nigga, I'ma need the whole cake. Moving through the shadows, all you hoes fake. Want the hands, I'm not the right guy, nigga. I don't have no closed gates. Spirited away, don't wear a mask, cause I got no face. I can't trust the soul move like the oxus, I need most space. You ain't your persona, niggas acting like they Yosuke. I walk through six paths, nigga, you don't really know pain. Keep a gold chain, diamonds on the Cuban link. I don't say a word, it only matter what my Ruga think. My Ruga speak, Mr. Yellow flashes if you lose his blink. Hokage of my village, nigga. Nigga, this ain't nothing new to me. 
too ill. You niggas could never best me. Young show who start to chop with the sticks, it could get messy. Got a rocket and a burner for anyone trying to test me. Act a fool to gun.